And so I just solicit your prayers for myself as I speak this morning. And I solicit your prayers that we all would pay attention and that we all would say, Lord, help us to leave this house knowing that we have spent time with Jesus. Let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, Lord, we didn't come this morning to hear the words of a man. We want to hear words from on high. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would do a mighty work. Thank you, Lord, for the encouraging song that encourages us about mission. Lord, each one reach one. Lord, if we're not already doing that, help us to do this. And help us, Lord, to long to see you come soon in the clouds of glory. Father, be with us here as we open your word. In Jesus' name, let God's church say, amen. Amen. Jesus, at the age of 30, was baptized. Immediately into his baptism, he began his public ministry. Immediately in beginning his public ministry, Jesus began looking for disciples to mentor. Now, many of us this morning may have read the mission statement of Christ that is found in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18. And for those that may not know it, the mission statement goes some some of the lines like this, that Jesus would come to the world to preach the gospel to the poor. The mission statement still goes on and says also that Jesus would also come to the world to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus' mission statement goes on and continues that Jesus would also bring liberty to set the captives free, and also he would work in such a way to recover the sight to the blind. And just to add on to this mission statement, I believe that Jesus also came so that whoever loved him would not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Interestingly enough, while Jesus could have accomplished this mission by himself, he says, look, I'm going to gather a multitude of people and they're going to be my disciples. And I'm going to use them for my work because a time will come when they will, I will not be able to be on earth and be fully involved as they are. A time will come when I would not be able to be involved in this earthly ministry as they are because I have a heavenly one. But interestingly enough, While Jesus was walking the whole streets of Galilee, while Jesus was walking the streets of Jerusalem, he could have picked so many people to be involved in his work. He probably could have picked more than 12. He could have picked the Pharisees. He could have picked those who studied for school for this matter. But interestingly enough, he chose men where most of them didn't have experience. And one of these men we're going to focus on today is the beloved disciple John. Who? John. And I'm not talking about John the Baptist. I'm talking about the beloved disciple John. This morning, we're going to take time to look into the life of John and see how God had worked a mighty way in his life and to use him to finish the work that God would have him to do. But this morning, we're also going to connect John's experience to ours because I believe there's so much we can learn. This morning's message is entitled, play attention here, it's entitled, Lord, use us like you did John. Lord, use us like you did John. This morning, I pray that we all have our Bibles because I'm letting you know we're going to have a fun Bible study together. And I pray that if you have children near you, get them also turning into the pages of the Bible. This morning, I would love to see our youth also involved in reading the Word of God. Can we do that this morning? 
Let's turn our Bibles to, to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1 and verse 16. Remember, the topic this morning is, Lord, use us like you did John. Mark chapter 1, and we'll be entertaining verse 16. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. We're going to read of the first encounter where Mark had actually, where John had actually met Jesus. Mark chapter 1, verse 16, the Bible says this, And as he, capital he, which is of Jesus, and as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and who? Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were what? Fishermen. Verse 17, Then Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Verse 18, They immediately left their nets and followed him. Verse 19, I want us to zoom in here this morning. Verse 19, when he had gone a little further from there, meaning further from that circumstance where he had called Simon and Andrew, he, the, Lord, the word says this, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and who? John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending their nets. Verse 20, and immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him. This morning, I want us to remember that our title this morning is, Lord, use us as you did John. Interestingly enough, that in the sacred scriptures, we actually don't get the recorded ages of the Lord's disciples. But I want to remind you, as I said at the beginning of the message, Jesus was baptized at about the age of 30 and began his public ministry. Why do I say this this morning? In Jewish culture, it, was, it wasn't uncommon for the master to be older than the disciples that he was mentoring, or students for another term. Where am I getting with this? While the scriptures do not reveal to us the particular age of John, I believe that his later life can give us estimates of where, which age John may have been. Follow with me here this morning. John ended up living about 60 years after the crucifixion of Jesus. Now, if John would have lived 60 years after the crucifixion of Jesus, and John also being the longest living disciple of the 12, history shows us that John may have died in the last decade of the first century. Follow me, you'll see where I'm going with this point this morning. If John was about 90 years old at his death, that would have made him no older than 30 years old when Jesus called him. And many of us this morning can testify that 30 years old is still young. But I can testify to you with my own convictions that I don't think John may have been 30. John may have just been a little bit under that. We're also told from inspired counsel that John was the youngest of the 12. But follow me here this morning. John would have been younger, but not too young, because Jesus also did bestow uh, his mother to the care of John. But what am I trying to get at this morning? When Jesus had called John, John was but a youth. I'm here to tell us this morning, as God has encouraged me in the pre preparation for this message, there is no age restriction when it concerns serving the Lord. As we have just heard the song, each one reach one, there is no age restriction. No matter how old you may be, God can use you in his service. Lord, use us like you did John. And the reason I believe this message is very timely for us this morning 
is because Monday morning, bright and early in the morning, Village Adventist Elementary School will be opening its doors to about over 140 plus young people. They will be opening its doors with the intent of ensuring that education and redemption are one. And I really want to even solicit to you this morning that if you're able to come tonight, come tonight to our prayer walk this evening at 7 p.m. We will actually be taking a walk around the school while also praying for the young people who will be coming in those doors. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, there is no age restriction when it concerns serving the master. But I'm going to call us this morning as a church family to know this, that even our youngest people who may be in the pews with us this service, they can and will be young disciples for Jesus. Lord, use us like you did John. John received a calling from God when he was but in his youthful age. Friends, I also want to solicit us to be praying for all of our young people that's in this church, not just those who attend Village Adventist Elementary School. I want us to be praying for our young people who may be older and not able to attend the school at the moment at right now. I want us to be praying for our young people who may be homeschooled because the reason I say this this morning, while we have a devil who is raging after our souls, we have an enemy who is raging harder after our young people. This world today is taking away our young people. But let me let you know this morning, the church is a hospital for all ages, especially our youth. Lord, use us like you did John. I also want to encourage us this morning let us be praying for Brother Bugby. Let us be praying for all of our Village Church School staff as they take on this important ministry of sharing Jesus in the classrooms. Because this ministry is one of the most important. Why? Because the future actually depends on our young people. I'll say it again. Our future depends on our young people. Let us be fervently praying for them. I'm so encouraged that while Jesus could have picked so many other people to join in him in ministry, he chose a young person. He chose a young person who may have not had much experience. He chose a young person who may have not been too old, but he said, look, I'm going to involve this person in mission at a young age because here's how we reach our young people. If we want them to remain in the church, let's get them involved at a young age. Because if they are involved at a young age, they will never want to take that cross off of their back. They would rather carry it till Jesus comes. Lord, use us like you did John. And church, I'm going to be a little bit blunt this morning. Today, our young people are addicted to everything else but the Bible. Today, our young people find interest in many other things but God's mission. But I'm going to encourage every young person this morning, any collegiate that may be in the church, any high schooler that may be with us this morning, please pay close attention. Any parent that has children near them, give them a tap on the shoulder and have them listen to what I'm about to say. To all the young people in the church this morning, I want you to know that God loves you and he has a place for you in his work. And you are very important. In the book of Acts of the Apostles, we're told that the church is God's appointed agency for the saving of men. That statement also includes our young people. Lord, use us like you did John.
No more than ever, now is one of the hardest times to be a young person. The internet has all of its things on it. Distractions are wavering us on every side. But family, I want to encourage us that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. Let us be praying for our youth. Let us be, in, let us be investing in the lives of our young people. And I do believe this morning that as God had called little John to enter into ministry, God has many little Johns in the church today that he is waiting to use for his service. Lord, use us like you did, John. But of course, this doesn't go without prayer. Of course, this doesn't go without uh, uh, wisdom, wiseful tactics. But once again... Now is the time to be investing into the lives of our young people. And I'm so blessed this morning to be a pastoral intern that has the opportunity to work strongly with the youth. And the reason I say that is this. I'm a youth as well. I have a compassion and a conviction to minister to our young people. Wherever God calls me to go, whether I end up just being a pastor at a small little church, I know that wherever I go, youth is part of my ministry. Because our young people will finish the work. Lord, use us like you did, John. I imagine as Jesus may have been praying and contemplating, Father, reveal to me to whom you'd have be my disciples, Jesus may have remembered the statement found from the psalmist where he says, as arrows are in the hand of the warrior, so are what? The youth. Lord, use us like you did, John. I imagine that if some of us were in the position of Jesus, we may have said, oh, this person may be too young. This person may not have enough experience to be in this work, but Jesus took the burden to mentor John, and that mentorship changed John's life to where he never left his Lord. Lord, use us like you did, John. I want to let us know this morning that our youth rightly trained in the service of the Lord will do damage to Satan's kingdom. But I also want us to know this morning that there is a mighty lesson that we can learn from Jesus, the greatest teacher that the world has ever known. There is a mighty lesson that we can learn because while Jesus could have accomplished this work of redeeming the lost by himself, he took young people in his midst. What lesson could we learn from that today? Friends, I want to encourage us, while we too may be laboring for the master, let us take it as a burden to have young people in our midst. Why? Because it's not enough to wait until they're old to get them involved in service. While youth are the future, I want you to know that they are the church today, and they don't have to wait until the future to make an impact for God. Lord, use us like you did John. Our young people are like arrows in the hand of the warrior. What does that mean? These people are quick. These people can be strict to target for Jesus. Lord, use us like you did John. Friends, I pray that we will take the opportunity to mentor our youth that may be around us. 
And I'm not only saying this to those that may be parents, I'm calling us all today who are part of this church family. I want us to remember that it takes a village to raise a child. And this is the work of God's church, that we all would take hands in raising our young people. And it's because of that that I'm standing before you this morning. Lord, use us like you did John. The future of tomorrow depends on our young people. We're already told in inspired counsel that, look, our youth will finish the work. And if that means that our youth will finish the work and we want to eventually go home, guess what the equation matters? Guess what the equation shows? Look, get young people involved for service. If we want to go home, as we say we do, let's get our young people involved for service. And I want to speak to our young people here this morning. You do not have to wait until someone asks you to get involved for service. There's so many outreach opportunities amongst this church family. Let's get involved together. Lord, use us like you did John. I'm so encouraged once again to know that God does not have age restrictions when it concerns those who can be involved in his service. The Lord, including John in his work, had not only allowed John to help in redeeming those who are lost, but he allowed John to be one who was also redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. A way to get our young people in the church, a way to get our young people to love Jesus is to get them involved in God's service. This actually reminds me of a lovely statement that we're going to put on the screen. Steps to Christ, page 80, chapter 2. Uh, the, the prophet of the Lord wrote this and while being under inspiration of God. Check this out here. Those who thus devote themselves to what? Unselfish effort for the good of others are most assuredly working out their what? What's the last word? their own salvation. Let me tell you what that simply means. As one works for the saving of other people, God is able to work in their souls. And that's why this church is always involved in mission. That's why this church a few weeks ago had gone to Montana. That's why you'll find out during Sabbath school why this church had gone to El Salvador. It's not just to preach the gospel, which is part of the mission. It's not just to help those, which is also part of the mission. But as we are involved in the work of God, God works a mighty way in our hearts. Lord, use us as you did John. It was necessary for John's salvation to be involved in the work of the Lord. And I'm going to speak bluntly this morning. It is necessary for our salvation and the salvation of our young people to be involved in God's mission. Lord, use us like you did John. Once again, I want to remind us, the church is God's appointed agency for the salvation of man, and that includes our young people. But friends, I want to also say this. I pray that we not only see this message to be a call for the youth, but that we would also see that this message is a call for us. Just as much as the youth need Jesus and just as much as the youth need to be involved in the work, so must we. 
I find it interesting enough that after John began to pass his youthful years, he did not just say, well, I'm not young anymore. I'm not involved in the Lord's work. But he kept pushing forward the cause of God. And I'm here to tell us this morning, in our Christian experience, if God is tugging in your heart this morning, give your life to him and help push the cause of God. But I also want to say this as I'm getting to my second point this morning. John, just because he was in ministry, does not mean, did not mean that John was perfect. And I'm going to say it. Just because John was in ministry, that did not mean that John never failed. Even though John had the greatest teacher that the world has ever known around him, John still fell short to the glory of God. And I'm here to tell us this morning that while God may use you, when you may see yourself falling, do not give up to despair. And we're actually going to take some time to look at the experience of John in moments when he fell. But I praise Jesus that God does not call perfect people to be involved in his work. He calls people to be involved in his work that he may make them perfect. God does not call perfect people to be involved in his work, but he gets them involved so that he may redeem them in such a way where they then can live a life fully for him and for his glory. This was the example for John. I want us to know this morning that John had defects in character, and we're going to see that. John was a man who also had anger issues, and we're going to see that this morning. Lord, use us like you did John. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 9, Luke the ninth chapter, and we're going to look at verse 51. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Remember, the title this morning is, Lord, use us like you did John. Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke 9, 51. The Bible says this, and I'm reading and you're listening. Now it came to pass when the time had come, capital him, which is speaking of Jesus, for him to be received up, that he said fastly, set his face to go to Jerusalem. Verse 52. And sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Verse 53. But they, speaking of those Samaritans, did not receive him, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. Verse 54. And when his disciples, Jane and, James and who? John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned, and this he is speaking of Jesus, and rebuked them, meaning John and, John and his brother, rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. And I love how Jesus closes with this. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy man's life, but to what? To save them. And they went to another village. John was a man who had quick temper. And because of time, there was a lovely statement that I had read, but I'm not going to read this to us this morning. But John was a man who had more than just temper issues. John was a man who had greediness issues. You probably remember the story where his mother had come to Jesus and said, Lord, grant both of my children to sit to your right and on your left. You probably remember that right before John was crucified, John was part of the disciples who were murmuring, saying, Lord, who is the greatest among us? Just because John was in ministry did not mean that John was perfect. 
And I pray that we don't set this as our standard to not be perfect, but I pray that we find this to be a great hope. Oftentimes, we think that before we get involved in God's service, we need to cleanse ourselves. But I'm here to tell you, if you're focused about cleaning yourself before you go to Jesus, you will never come. And I'm here to tell us this morning, let us not get so focused on cleaning our young people. God calls us to catch men. God calls us to catch fish, not clean them. Let the Lord handle that. Let God be the one who works in our hearts and in the lives of our young people. Lord, use us like you did John. But I wish I could say that was the only time when John had fell. But there's more occasions. There's more occasions. But I want to read this statement from Acts of the Apostles, page 540. John did not naturally possess the loveliness of character that his later experience revealed. By nature, he had serious what? Defects. He was not only proud, self-assertive, and ambitious for honor, but impetuous and resentful under injury. He and his brothers were called sons of thunder, evil temper, the desire for revenge, the spirit of criticism were all in the beloved disciple. The statement continues going on in Acts of the Apostles, page 540. She goes on and says this, Jesus rebuked the self-seeking spirit, disappointed his ambitions, and tested his faith. But he revealed to them, revealed to him, speaking of John, that for which he, his soul had longed, the beauty of holiness, the transforming power of love. From this statement, it's obvious that John had longed for holiness of character. In this statement, it's obvious as John was following Jesus, he had longed to attain the character of Christ, but he had moments when he had fell. And I'm here to tell us this morning, as we get our young people involved, we may find at times that they may fall, but let us never give up on them. I want you to turn to your bulletins. You will find this lovely quote I had placed there this morning. When you have time, turn there. It's from the lovely book of uh, Messages to Young People, talking of the importance of us praying for our young people when they fall. Of the importance of not just rebuking them, but doing it in love and praying for them and praying with them. Lord, use us like you did John. When John had fell, God did not give up on him. He still used him for his service. Many of us may know the story that happened in Gethsemane when God was trying to, when Jesus was going through that trying moment. Let's turn there to Mark chapter 14. Mark the 14th chapter. Let's read that just for a little bit here. Mark the 14th chapter. We're going to verse 32. And like I said this morning, we're having a lovely Bible study, so just follow with me. Mark chapter 14 and verse 32. This is on that Thursday evening when Jesus had gone to the garden. Mark chapter 14, verse 32. Remember, the topic is, Lord, use us like you did John. Mark 13, 14, verse 32, the Bible says this. Then they came to a place which was called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he, speaking of Jesus, took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began 
to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, speaking to these three disciples, and John happened to be one of them that was in the midst, he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. Verse 35, he went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Verse 36, Jesus is still praying to God. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, what I will, but thy will be done. Verse 37, as Jesus gets done praying this prayer, he goes to his friends to probably find some source of encouragement. Let's see what happens. Verse 37, then he came and found them doing what? Sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Remember, John was part of this group as well. Verse 38, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. After granting them the, this rebuke, verse 39, Jesus again went away and prayed and spoke these same words that he was praying to his father. Verse 40, he goes again to probably uh, for some source of encouragement. Verse 40, and when he returned, he found them asleep Again, for their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. Friends, this was one of John's moments when he had fell as well because he did not heed the command of his Lord. Jesus had encouraged him and his group to be praying. But in this hour when they needed to be praying the most, John and his friends were neglecting this time of secret prayer. John had moments when he had fall, fallen. Our youth, as we get them involved, they may have moments when they may fall. Us today, as we have moments when we're serving the Lord, we may have moments when we fall. But I want to encourage you this morning, if your prayer is, Lord, use us like you did, John, even those moments when you may fall, you will not give up. Because Jesus did not give up on you. Lord, use us like you did, John. I'm here to tell you this morning that the same man that was not found praying in this situation later wrote letters always encouraging churches that he is praying for them. This same man who once had anger issues saying, Lord, let's send fire down from heaven, later came and said that if you do not love your brother, how can you say that you love God? This same man who was quick to anger issues became one of the loving disciples to walk this earth right outside of Jesus. Let us never give up on our young people. And let us never give up on ourselves, for God is with us. God is able to transform the heart. And I praise the Lord that God can do such a work of cleaning men. I'm reading from this lovely statement of Acts and the Apostles, page 557. She says this, In the life of the disciple John, sanctification is exemplified. During the years of his close association with Christ, he was often warned and cautioned by the Savior. But check this out. But these reproofs were accepted. He yielded his resentful, ambitious temper to the molding power of Christ, and divine love wrought in him a transformation of character. 
Because Jesus did not give, in, give up on him, John received transformation of character. Lord, use us like you did John. Lord, as we walk with you in this life, while we may fall, I pray that you would still grant us transformation of character. Lord, while we may have moments when we're quick to be angry, while we may have moments when we're quick to say the things we should not be saying, Lord, use us like you did John and change that. Lord, use us like you did John in taking out that heart of stone and giving within us a heart of flesh. Lord, help us to become a new creature in Christ. Lord, use us like you did John. John was a young person called into ministry for the service of God. John was a person while in ministry, he made mistakes and had fallen, but Jesus still worked for his sanctification. This morning, I also want to encourage us that if we involve our young people in the service of our Lord, when we need them to stand for Christ, when tough times come, they will stand. I'm reminded of Daniel chapter 3, when a, love, when a sad decree was given that, look, when the music stops, I want you to bow down and worship me. And this was King Nebuchadnezzar. But I'm so encouraged because I actually just remembered the other day, it was young people, while everyone else was bowing down, it was young people that looked into the eyes of the king and said, oh, king, we're not careful to answer you in this manner. Our God will save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down nor worship you. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, if we involve our young people in God's service, if we involve ourselves in God's service, when time comes for us to stand, we will have backbone to stand like the brave. I'm here to tell us this morning that God wants to raise up a generation of young people that we read from the book of education that will not be bought or sold. God wants to raise up a generation of young people who will, be, who will have clear consciences to God, who will be true to duty as the needle is to the pole. God will raise a generation of young people and us as well to call sin by its right name. Lord, use us like you did John. I wish I could tell you that John's ministry life was easy, but it was not. Not too much later, as John is walking this earth after Jesus had died, not too much long later that as John is preaching the message of good news, heresy begins to come within the churches he was ministering to. Not that the church people were wrong, but the, of course the enemy is always trying to attack. It came to the point that there was this doctrine that this man named Jesus had never really walked this earth. It came to a point that this doctrine of that Jesus of Nazareth was not really the Son of God. But because John was involved in the work of God, John was able to rebuke those statements. I'm going to show you this morning. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. The 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. Remember the topic is, Lord, use us like you did John. 1 John chapter 2 verse 18. The Bible says this, and we're going to see how John had rebuked heresies when heresies began to creep, uh, creep within the church. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says this, Little children, it is the last hour, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, 
Many antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. John is saying because of all of these false statements, because all of these false antichrists are coming, we know that it is the last hour. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all these things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Verse 22, who is a liar, but he who denies Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. I'm going to read verse 24 here. Therefore, let that abide with you, which you have heard from the beginning. If what you have heard from the beginning abides with you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Because John was involved in ministry, when heresies came, John stood for the right. Friends, I'm here to let us know this morning that as we come into the last days of earth history, times may come when all false doctrines will try to come at its fullest. But I believe that it will be young people, those young people who are finishing the work, it will be those young people who will stand up for the right. Lord, use us like you did John. But I'm here to let us know this morning that while John, while the Lord was working through the life of John, while John was in ministry, that did not mean his life was easy. That just means his life was better. Living a life for God does not just determine, well, does not really determine that our life would just be paved, smooth roads every single day. But it does mean that our life will be the best that it ever can be. John not only had to struggle with heresies coming within the church, but John even had to struggle with, with people persecuting him for sharing the good news. John had to struggle with people telling him, look, don't be preaching this message. And I can imagine how discouraging that might have been for John. But it's because of the experience he had already had in his earlier years of ministry that he stood firm for Jesus no matter the cost. Whether that meant that he had to be put in some boiling liquid or whether that meant that he had to be alone on the island of Patmos. But I'm here to tell us this morning that if we stand for God, God will stand for us. I'm here to tell us this morning that we serve a God who will never forsake us. I'm here to tell us this morning that God works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And it is his will that you are saved, and it's his will that the other people around you are saved. So let us stand like the brave. Lord, use us like you did John. I find it interesting enough that the church had gone to a point that they said, man, this man, we cannot stop him. We need to put him on an island by himself. Friends, I pray that we would be such a witness like that to the world. <laughs> that was one man's influence. Imagine if we all had that type of influence that's in this room this morning. We would see Jesus come in our lifetime. 
They said we need to put him on an island by himself. But I'm here to encourage us this morning. While John's situation may have looked like he was an outcast, God did not forsake him. While John's situation may look like John was done, John was not done. God still had a work for John to do. And I'm even going to say this this morning. While John had retired from his earthly labors, he never left his heavenly one. I'm here to tell us this morning that let us never retire from working for God. Yes, we can retire from the many hours of work that we may do, but I'll let you know living a life for Christ, being a disciple, is all the way until Jesus comes. Lord, use us like you did John. Even if it means that, Lord, we have to go through tribulation for your glory. But I want to read some text to you this morning that I found to be such an encouragement. I would ask that you turn your Bibles to our, one of our closing texts this morning, the book of Revelation. Revelation, the first chapter. Revelation, the first chapter. And we're going to start at verse 9. To give you some context, John writes of his experience of when he was on the island of Patmos. And I find it encouraging once again that while John was alone, God still had a work for him to do. But we're going to see this lovely encouragement here this morning. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9, and I'll be closing very soon with the statement here. Revelation chapter 1 verse 9, John writes this, I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Verse 10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as that of a trumpet. Verse 11, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. When you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Tyatra, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. John continues to go on writing about this experience. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And check this out. I get so happy when we get to this verse here, verse 13. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like what? The Son of Man. Clothed with a garment down to his feet, girded about the chest with a golden band. His hand and his hair were white like wool. I want you to please try to imagine this as best as you can. And as white as snow, his eyes were like the flame of a fire. His feet were like that of fine brass and refined in a furnace. His voice was as that of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. And John goes on to continue, when I seen this, I fell as a dead man. Friends, I'm here to tell us this morning, if our prayer is, Lord, use us like you did, John, in tribulation, God will show us that his presence is with us. Just as he showed John, and it might not be a divine revelation as though John had it, but I want to encourage you this moment, in John's darkest hour, he's seen his risen Lord. And he did not see the Lord with, with scars in his hands. He did not see the Lord with scars in his feet, but he's seen the Omega. He's seen the beginning and the end. He's seen the one that said, look, I am alive and alive forevermore. 
Friends, let us never give up to despair as we're in ministry because we serve a God who is alive. Lord, use us like you did John. As we are in ministry, we may find tough times to come, but let us never give up in despair. Our young people, I'm speaking to you this morning. You may find life to never be on your side, but I'm telling you this morning, never give up for God is with you. I'm going to read this statement in closing here from manuscript page 106. This was such an encouragement to me here. Manuscript page 106, she wrote this. The appearance of Christ to John, speaking of what happened on the island of Patmos, should be to all believers and unbelievers and an in evidence that we have a risen Christ. It should give living power to the church that includes all of us. At times, dark clouds surround, at times when dark clouds may surround God's people, it may be at the times as we go through oppression and persecution, it may be at times that things may extinguish us. I want us to know this. She goes on, she says, but at such time, the most instructive lessons are given. As in the darkest night, the stars shine the brightest. So the most brilliant beings of God's glory are revealed in the deepest gloom. The darker the sky, the more clear and impressive are the beams of the sun of righteousness. Friends, I pray that your prayer this morning is, Lord, use us like you did, John. And if your prayer is, Lord, use us like you did, John, God will lead you to the finish. I want you to know that John had never rested from his heavenly labors. And friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, I want to see Jesus come in the clouds of glory. I cannot see this earth spinning on its axis any longer. I cannot. But there's a great hope that one day we're going home soon. There's a great hope that one day we will sing songs that angels cannot even sing. There's, there's a great hope that one day when people will ask us about our tribulation, we cannot even recall them. For we will all shout that heaven is cheap enough. Friends, let us stand as we sing our closing song, Give of Your Best to the Master. Mm -hmm.